Okay, welcome to the Orange Pod. I'm here. My name is Joseph, and I have my good friend here, Brian. Brian, just talk a little bit about yourself, man. What, where you're at in life? What's going on? Man, uh, 40 years old, uh, loving life, running a business, running a nonprofit. Uh, you know, trying my best to to be a good servant of the Lord, and uh, you know, just do what I can. Uh, what I'm called to do, man. That's awesome, man. Yeah, you're definitely an encouragement for me and an inspiration. Um, I myself run a business for almost two years now. We are running a school and I'm also in the sales realm working with a company called Milestone and learning a ton from them. And Brian and I, just so you're aware, we are in the youth team as well for our church at Shoreline City. So we are super passionate about the next generation, but also super passionate about serving our fellow men out there, um, whatever background you come from whether it's you're a believer, non-believer, still trying to figure out your way, whether you're maybe you're a teenager, you're trying to figure out what career path that you want to take in this season. We hope that we can bring some value to the table, uh, especially with some of the concepts and ideas that we do come up with. But we have a topic today we're going to talk about. I feel like a lot of men find it really hard to communicate this topic. Yeah. And this topic is on why are you not happy? <laughs> Brian, if I ever asked you, why are you not happy? How would you answer that? Man, uh, I'll probably go down a long list of things that are, uh, you know, ticking me off, pushing my buttons, you know, <laughs> a bunch of triggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, man, uh, I think I'm in a position to where I can analyze, you know, what's causing me some discomfort. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's, that's you, Brian. You yeah. definitely are good at analyzing getting yourself out of your own shoes and see it from a different Mm -hmm. perspective. Yeah. I feel like you helped me a ton with that. Yeah. Um, You know, what I believe is that energy uh, is intentional. Mm. You know, we've been gifted with the uh, opportunity to, to do self perspectives, you know, find out what's pushing our buttons. Interesting. You know, uh, I know we're not machine machines, but we can condition ourselves to operate in a state where there's consistency. Yeah. You know, so, you know, if I'm a particular, if I'm in a particular mood, it's my place to find out what's causing that mood, you know, and I've been yeah. fortunate enough to be able to do so. You know, of course, I'm not not in a perfect state. Yeah. You know, the body is weak. The body responds. But for the most part, you know, if I can do some meditation, some yeah. self-inflection, I can figure out what's causing me to be a little bit, you know, ticked off or uneasy. Alludes to what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Three concepts of the body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But everyone has a body. Everyone has a soul. Everyone has a spirit. There is a spirit in you. You know, my take is that the spirit existed before the body, before the soul and the body. Mm-hmm. You know, so wrap your head around this for a second. Um, spirit is idea. Mm. Spirit is thought. Spirit is creation. You know, scripture says that God, you know, thought man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he thought man before he created man. Yeah. Right? He had an image of man. He created him in his image. So think about this. Spirituality being an idea, a thought. Right? Mm-hmm. Parents say, hey. When I had a kid, they thought about it. Your spirit was immediately produced in that point. Right. Then came the soul part, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, semen, the seed, mm-hmm. implantation into the egg, the body began to form. There you go. Right? So when I think of it, I think the spirit first, the thought, creativity, yep. God's plan. Then I think, you know, the insertion of the seed being the soul, which is going to form the brain, mm-hmm. the electrical structure, makeup, you know, uh, neurotransmitters, yep. you know, 
So when we talk about the soul, we're talking about things being downloaded mm. into a place where memories. they can be pulled, memories, yep. yeah, where mm -hmm. they can be pulled and used. You know, that's the that's the the physical makeup and the structure of the electrical brain and so forth. Interesting. And then you got the body. Mm. The body is the weakest part. Yeah. Right. Most people think that we got the soul and the spirit are the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right. They they think twofold instead of threefold. They think body. They can see the body, feel, touch, see, smell, hear, and then they think spirit, soul. It's the same thing, and that's where they get lost in the confusion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The body is the weakest component. It's mm. the most vulnerable, you know? Mm. It can be hurt. It can be damaged. It can be affected, Yeah, you know? Uh, and when we don't understand that this, the, the soul is absorbing and receiving from the body, downloading yeah. and giving to the spirit, the spirit is what convicts us, mm. right? Think about that gut feeling in your stomach when you do something that you, you may perceive it to be wrong, right? Yeah. Or not the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. That gut check is the spirit saying, no, that's not what you were created for. Right. I think that 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 feeling of a conviction that I feel in my stomach, that gut check, is when the spirit is telling the soul, you may have liked what the body did, but that ain't what we're about. Interesting. You know what I mean? Interesting. The thing that we found out during our study, mm -hmm. and I want our audiences to hear this, is that the, the body and the soul were formed. Mm-hmm and the spirit was created. Mm -hmm. I know some people will get disconnected with this. Exactly. If yeah. you just follow with this on this, think about this. Our body was formed from our parents, as Brian mentioned. Mm -hmm. They obviously reproduced, you were born. But the soul was formed by your upbringing, mm -hmm. how you were raised in the society, your family, friends had formed you. Now, with soul, that's connected to your memories, your thoughts, mm -hmm. um, all these different things that are able to be through your brain, through new neurons that are being opened and expanded and born out of thought. Habitual patterns. Habitual patterns mm -hmm. is all centered around soul. Now, spirit being created, that we believe that God created this part, this, and I've heard it said this way, it is your divinity in your humanity. Let me say that one more time. It is your divinity and your humanity. Now, we may have lost some people on our audiences <laughs> right now. They're thinking, what does that even mean? But yeah. think about this from a really practical standpoint. I've had friends who had very high spirits, very encouraging and driven. Where do you think that's coming from? Mm -hmm. I believe that's coming from their spiritual side. Yeah that there was something in them that was not willing to settle for what's less, but thrive and drive towards God's best. Yeah. Now, if you don't believe in God, that's almost like, I want to be the best version of myself. Yeah. Your soul didn't do that. Mm -mm. It's the spiritual realm. It's that energy per se. Yeah. You know, soul is, soul is an identity of your environment. Mm, there it is. Pretty much. Yep. You know, if you want to know what the environment looked like, uh, look at the soul of a person and wow. it'll tell you how they were conditioned. Wow. You know, um, what they were taught, yeah. what they were told and what they begin to believe and accept as belief and truth. Mm. Right. Take a look at somebody who has a, a rough environment yeah. and they overcome that environment. Wow. That, that's that spirit. 
Like that, that spirit. There it is. That's purpose. Yep. Saying, hey, I accept what I was created to do, and it's to rise above and beyond mm. these circumstances yep. that are unfavorable. Yep. You know, I was sent here to do more, to become more, to achieve more. And, you know, we're not just talking financial success. You know, we're right. talking about um, love, mm. you know, uh, intentionality, yep. compassion, mm-hmm. uh, giving and sharing. Just, I feel like that's your story. Brian, I feel like you've you've gone through so much in your upbringing, but then it's like that story is incomplete. No, definitely. you are recreating your story, the future, and you're saying your spirit is helping you to be pulled out of that end story of just staying in a place of hardship, toil, and all the turmoil is the word I was looking for. Uh, even just a place where there is no inspiration; it's just just to survive, not thrive. Exactly. You know, uh, so so it's it's complicated, right? You know, if I was to sum it up, some the things that I have as far as success and happiness goes um, derives from me not having. To be mm. honest with you, you know. So, you know, when I became a teenager, and it was like, yo, Brian, you can get a job, and you can begin to provide for yourself and get yourself the things that you don't have. Mm-hmm. You know, it became exciting and empowering. That, that I can make a difference, that I could shape, change the outcome and trajectory of my life, right? Right. Uh, but it literally took me not having those things to want those things. Hmm. You know, how often do we see someone who has everything wow. and we're like, man, bro, you're throwing it away. You're blowing it. Or you would have, could have, should have because you had all of this. Wow. But yet you didn't, right? Yep. So for me, my advantage was, was not having because, and, and that ain't everybody, right? You know, some people, you know, great household, mom, dad, they're going to thrive. They're going to go off to college, do great things and be great people, you know. But where I'm from, the majority of people, you know, when you don't have, mm-hmm. you know, the basic necessity, the basic resources, uh, it's a hindrance, you know. Man. It's, uh, yeah. So for me, uh, like I said, I've thrived on not having. And I didn't come to know God until I was in my, well, I didn't come to have a relationship with God until I was in my thirties. Right. Right. You know, I prayed as a kid, teenager, young adult. Right. Right. Um, and whether you know him or not, he's going to answer your prayers because it's just the law of the universe. Right. <laughs> you pray, your prayers will be answered. Right. But, um, what I, what I realized is that when I got into my early twenties, like I say, you know, no relationship with God, but I started making sacrifices. Right. I started, I stopped doing things that everybody else was doing. Mm. And my life began to prosper. So, so there it was again, me not having was causing me to gain. Interesting. Right? I stopped drinking, stopped smoking, stopped hanging out with the wrong people, you know, stopped hanging out late so I can wake up early enough to get to work. Yeah. And I began to see success, right? The problem is for most of us, we don't want to sacrifice anything. Mm. We want to keep doing what we want to do, how we want to do it, and expect to get what we want. But right. that ain't how it works, you know? Interesting. Uh, what I've what I've tapped into is that there's more to gain when you give up some things. Mm. Comes down to what value to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. What value you bring because the marketplace doesn't care if you are black, white, Asian, Hispanic. The marketplace looks for what value do you bring to the table, and then you can put a price on it. Yeah, and to your point of uh, those who are willing to sell you what you want versus what you need. That, that's the thing. The majority of us want what we want, not yeah, what we need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the majority of us want 100%. what we want. Yeah. And if you want something and I can give it to you and gain from it, it's to, it's to my advantage, you know, as a, as a provider, mm. right? You know, now is it is it um 
moralistically right? You know, probably not, depending on what the product is, depending on what the service is, right? right? You know, but if you're someone that's bringing hope, you're someone that's bringing uh, inspiration and positivity, yeah. man, you just got to, you got to give that. You got to give that big time. Mm. And right now we do live in a market where, you know, hope, positivity, and inspiration is needed more than ever. You know, when you look at our times. When you think about why we started this podcast in the first place, there's a lot of stuff out there. And I know a lot of people that are watching or listening to us right now could have listened to someone else, could have spent this time listening to someone else. But the thing is, we want to bring positivity and optimization in this conversation because we have enough troubles as it is. Why would we want to amplify all the troubles that's going on out there that would, would affect our soul and our body and with our soul and body affected, we know our spirit's going to definitely be affected. Um, With all that said, I love the fact that we can integrate stories into this concept (laughs) because I thought about when I grew up as a teenager and slowly understand, because I was in the military for 12 years and I remember how much I needed my body to be in alignment with my soul Mm -hmm. because my thoughts not all the time in the military, I was like in the mood to do what they want me to do. I can imagine. So a good example of this is like they wanted us to wake up at very early in the morning, boot camp. We are cold, miserable. Body is hating it. Soul is hating it. But I had to tap into something Man. that kept me going, which a lot of us, we tap into this. We don't even realize. So, so what does that sound like? What time are you getting up and how long are you like grinding it out? So we had to wake up at five in the morning and we had a routine in the boot camp. It was wake up. It's like, you're not just waking up to something pleasant. It's you know alarm clock? everybody's going crazy. <laughs> get up, get up, get up. We get up, we go to the, obviously to the bathroom, shower, brush our teeth, but we have to get ready in, in the span of 10 minutes. We make our beds, have our uniforms ready to go. 10 minutes? In 10 minutes. It was a, it was a, like a quick process. Um, it was to bring sense of urgency. One person, one bathroom, cool, right? But how many people are we talking about? We're talking about, man, there was at least 30 people. 30 people and everybody in this done. Dorm. 10 minutes. Everybody done in this 10-minute f- period. And you have to be ready with uniform, ready to go for the next class, lecture, or training, if you will. So I think back then, I was like, I hated it. When I say I hated it, I hated the fact that I had to learn and change into this. I had to adapt. But something in my spirit said, don't give up. Don't give up. You're a man. Come on. And I know a lot of guys out there that probably hear that in their in their subconscious mind. Don't be a pansy. Don't don't shrink back. Go do that thing. There is a healthy version of that, Mm -hmm. and also an unhealthy version of that because I feel like your soul starts to come into that. Your upbringing, how you were raised. If you had unhealthy, toxic masculinity around you, yeah then you're going to probably hear the wrong voices at the wrong time and then everything's out of order. So what I'm trying to say is, is I, I had this trained into me, this routine, if you will, to, to drive, to stay motivated. How old were you when you went into the military? I joined when I was 19. Okay. Um, I remember that because there was a song they played during I was, I was in the boot camp. It's called He's Only 19. It's an Australian song. And it was a song about this 19-year-old who was in the, the World War II. And they played that song uh, while I was in boot camp, and mm. I was 19 at the time, okay. so it really marked me. But I think, with all that to say, body, soul, and spirit. My body and soul were in a disagreement, <laughs> <laughs> but my spirit was like, "Don't you dare give up! Mm. Keep going! Keep grinding! Okay. This, is, this is this is what you were born to do." 
I didn't hear that when I was growing up. I didn't hear that type of coach when I was growing up. Maybe a little bit in rugby. I used to play rugby. But there was something in me that told me not to give up, which I believe that was the spiritual side. Yeah, the spirit man inside me that was trying to uncover itself through the body and soul because my body and soul were not in agreement. Yeah. But something else was was saying, no, keep pushing, keep pressing, don't give up. When you look at some of your friends who are male, you can tell they have a, a funk. You just look in their eyes. You just look yeah. in their eyes. There's something going on. Yeah. And a lot of us could say, oh, it's th- their soul is broken and all this. I get that, but like, I really think it's just they're down in their spirits. Mm-hmm. And when you see that, Brian, like, how do you process that and how do you contribute to help a guy that's in low spirits? Uh, for me, man, it's really about being relatable. Mm. You know? Ooh, I love that. Um, you know, you can't, I heard it said like this, the, the person that you're best equipped to help is the person you once were. Man, when I heard it that, it was, it was a game changer. It was like, wow, right? That's real, man. Because what I've experienced as, a, you know, as an adult, as a, a husband and a father, is that you know, the doubts, the fears, mm-hmm. the, uh, the concerns and anxieties that I experienced myself in my life, the majority of us men experience those things, you know? Wow. No matter how macho you walk around, no matter the success, no matter the bank account and the way you dress, yeah. we're still dealing with a lot of the same fears, a lot of That's the right. same insecurities, you know, a lot of the same, am I good enough? Am I doing this right? Mm. You know, um, a lot of what I realized is that what we've missed in America, you know, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but what we've missed here in America is the proper modeling of malehood. That's real. The proper modeling of malehood. Yeah. On all levels. Uh, what does it look like to be a good father? Not a father, not just a father who provide, pay the bills, play ball with me, but the father who, you know, who worships in spirit, mm. you know, who brings some vulnerability to the table, who can, yes, chastise me, but talk to me first to determine what I need. Do, do I need a conversation? Yeah. Do I need reasoning? Uh, around this this area of discipline that I'm about to receive, or, or do I need the belt? Right, mm. you know, uh, we've grown up where it was like, yo, it's the belt, and that's the only the only way, mm. right? Or the father, the husband, who modeled to his children, you know, what does it look like to be a servant husband? Right. What does it look like to be a husband who listened to his wife, talked to his wife without yelling, or doing what she asks because it's her love language yeah. versus you don't feel like it, mm. right? But to be of service. You go back to what you said about serving. Yeah. You know, uh, so what I do is I say, hey, you know, I didn't have it, but what does it look like for me to be the person to be the thing that I didn't have? Mm. You know, so as a husband, I'm trying to be the, the father that I didn't have yeah. to my children. Wow. I'm trying to be, you know, the husband that was never modeled for me. Mm-hmm. When I'm talking to a man who's going through some things in life, I'm trying to be the voice of reasoning that I would want yeah you know i'm trying to relate to to him on his his level of uh concern whatever that problem is yeah uh and for me it's just about life stories examples Mm -hmm. things that i've been through yeah you know and that's kind of how i tackle that area a couple of things that come to mind when you mentioned that you can i love how you said that you want to connect with them because there's no point in pouring out on someone with all the wisdom that you have without connecting with them and that's something that i i've been trying to be better at especially as a husband and a father is I need to three of these concepts. And these are really practical. If 
you have the chance to write these down, remember them. This was actually from a guy that we listened to, Brian and I. His name is Myron Golden. <laughs> the guy has so much gold. The fact his last name has Golden, Golden right, in it. Right. He said something that I haven't forgotten. He said, create, connect, and contribute. Those three concepts right there. If you take the creative aspect of your life, it's really hard to connect and contribute with people's lives because you're just going to be like everyone else, uniformity. There's no diversity. There's no unity because yeah. with unity, you need diversity. And with diversity, you actually have a uniqueness, uh, unique ability or gifts to bring to the table that will yeah. support someone. And that's the whole thing about connection. So you've got create, connect, and contribute with connection. Now you get to connect with someone. Now they have something that they can draw from you because mm. they can't do it themselves, that you've got this uniqueness that you bring to the table and then contribute which is what you um, alluded to is like, I'm able to pour out that wisdom after yeah. I connected with them because now I know I can gauge where I'm at, where they're at. This is going to help you. Here's a story. Here's evidence that I've been through this. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I like the way you hit it on the head about connecting, you know, as far as listening first. Um, think about any time that, you know, you or yourself or anybody that you know that ever received any kind of therapeutic um uh, uh, you know, sessions, right. you know, for me, I went to go see a therapist, you know, a few years ago to uncover some things that I was dealing with in my past. And what I realized is that I wasn't a person who talked a lot, right? Mm -hmm. You know, but what I've come to find out is, you know, that was because of some insecurity, some, some, some childhood traumas, right. some upbringing, things that, you know, shut me down, you know, caused me to say less because I felt less, right? Mm -hmm. But what I realized is when I went to my sessions, I talked more than the psychiatrist, hmm. right? I talked more than the psychiatrist. And then, you know, upon completion of our sessions, he's like, yo, here's your diagnosis and here's what you can do about it. Wow. The remedy was medication or talk therapy, hmm. right? I'm like, oh, so you're telling me I can talk and that'll make life better, you know? And like, that was an aha moment. And now as I, as I progress through life and, and I deal with people and we talk about how would I, you know, counsel someone or give advice to someone who's dealing with something, the best way to counsel is to listen, man. Mm. Like seriously, because people got things, you know, built up in their, in their psyche, you know, in their soul, and they just want someone to hear it. They just want to get it out. Yeah. You know, when you look at someone and, and you look in their eyes, like you say, they can feel weighed down. They're weighed down by the burdens, the thoughts, the ideas, the what ifs, the what may happens, not what will happen, not mm. what's going to happen but what may happen and what's the outcome and you know they, they just want to get those things out so yeah. that somebody could hear them right. and then a reasonable voice could help them process and see all the options right so good. And, and you know you said this is why you need diversity when i think of diversity you know i don't just think of you know different ethnicities and things i think of different people yeah. different thoughts right. different ideas different solutions coming together to solve the problem and, and that's what you get once you're able to, you know, respond to that person who's opened up to you. Yeah. You're able to look at all angles that they can't see themselves. So good. Thanks for tuning into the Orange Pod. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Enjoy the rest of your week.